Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome indeed to the Porchman Dialogues. <laughs> so, we are the two current Porchmen. Porchmen. This is uh, Jeff. Geoff. Geoff, as none call him. No one. No one calls him that. And uh, Andrew. Hi, everyone. And this is a podcast about things. We're going to tell you what those things are right now. That We're going to center around, but not limited to, soccer, food, mm-hmm. drink. Oh, that was good timing. I didn't even know. I didn't even see that even in my peripheral view there. That was it's getting a little sound bite there. Refreshing. Uh, <laughs> refreshing indeed. We're going to talk about some music. And uh, a little St. Lucia there for you. I'll have to check on the, the music rights for that. Ooh. Ooh, yeah, we'll have to figure that out, too. Check with the legal department. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll file out the legal department. And then uh, some movies. We're uh, guilty as charged. We uh, like cinema. We like Films. The, uh, the old reels, as they call them in the biz. That is definitely not what they call them <laughs> in the biz, but... I agree. Reels it is. Reels it is. For this conversation. <laughs> Cinema in general. Yeah. Uh, the arts of humans. Ah, oh, how have you been? Been good. Somewhat good. 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 Yeah. Just went to Colorado a couple weeks ago. Hey, alright. Uh, yeah. Played golf this past weekend. Yeah, hey, even better. Cheers. Drinking all, beers all with him. a good friend right now. Mm. Talking about mm. bullshit. And, uh, best yeah, man. Life's not that bad right now. Other than the crazy, like, global pandemic. Mm, mm, it's a given. Rampant yeah. unemployment. Like, oh, those mild things. <laughs> All those yeah. things. But, uh, no, 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 it's good. Everything's good. I like hearing that. Good. How about yourself? I can't complain. Uh, it wouldn't do me any good anyway. That is the same. As my, my old, as my grandma used to say. She did used to say that. I'm not just making that one up. Um, God rest her soul. Amazing woman. You know, aside from the whole, as you just mentioned, and I'm sure our listeners are also aware of uh, the pandemic that is going on, uh, COVID-19, I went to the Mississippi River uh, recently, uh, ninth year running. Much different capacity, much different capacity. Uh, We kept our distance, the limited folk that gathered, and went on a different weekend so as to avoid the 4th of July crowd. Uh, Northeast Iowa, if you've never been, beautiful part of the country. Um, Rolling hills, blue sky, you get to the Mississippi, you fill in the blanks. So There you go. Yeah, so that was good. Um, I had my birthday recently. Ooh! Um, 33. I was going to guess 24. Thank you. Thank you. 33. You've known me for about... 30 of those? At yeah. least, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. Let's do it, yeah. Probably. Uh, what people need to know is that Jeff and I have known each other for a very long time. You could say lifelong friends. Lifelong friends. Wow. Hey, cheers to that. Good way you know, to put we'll it. Get, get those in just to start things off positively. Yeah. There you mm. go. So, yeah. 
that uh, highlight of the last uh, 10 days. So um, time's rolling on. Three months into this whole thing and uh, it's flying. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do have soccer back though, which is good. It is good. Uh, I am happy to see it back. Glad that they're doing it safely. I hope to see that trend continue. You see the test come back in a one, maybe two, in the round of like 1900, I think is what yeah. they do, something to that effect. So is it right to be back? They're, they're executing it. They're showing that they're doing it safely. And life has to continue along with seeing the evidence that comes back. So as long as they're getting positive stuff back, then keep it going and I'll be watching it in the meantime. I was surprised at how quickly I got adjusted to not having fans. Same. Like, it was weird the first match or two that I watched, and then after that, I I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a different experience. There's no For doubt sure. about that. yeah. And we all want the fans there and that, but I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm thankful that it's a game where they can still execute it and play at, at the highest level and hopefully not, you know, cause absolute craziness with diseases and viruses. Correct. Correct. More so. Um even now with them pumping the fake crowd noise in there, the pre-recorded stuff, like, I... So, let me ask, are you a enhanced person in terms of how you watch it, or do you watch it without the crowd um, I've done it both, but when I found out NBC was doing the uh, enhanced where you can watch mm-hmm. it without, that's... I do that now, okay. yeah. So, yeah. I also do the mix sometimes. It's It's interesting to get that kind of behind the scenes, if you will, viewpoint into how the players communicate with each other. What you know is always going on, what has always gone on in all the matches that we've watched up until this point with fans there, but you just can't hear it except for those brief moments on the sideline when there's a, an opportune microphone in the right spot for maybe some choice language. But yeah, it's a, it's a vocal game. It's a physical game. You can hear the ball really being pelted around and you get that fine-tuned appreciation for what this game actually is it's it's a physical real world thing and it's easy to forget uh just what goes into it in those 90 minutes yeah i don't know i'm just i'm happy it's back man i to be able to wake up and and watch anyone right now but to be able to watch manchester united which happens to be my club or tottenham which happens to be andrew's club like I don't know, just to be able to watch them play competitively again yeah. after three months. And it's weird because we do, on a normal year, you'd do the two and a half to three months in the summer, and then it'd come back. But mm-hmm. it this just felt different, and it still feels different. But I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy as well. I will roll with the punches. I will adapt if it means that the guys that I respect massively for the talent that they have and show and dedicate on a regular basis that they can you know put in the work and show their craft that's that's what they do and it it means something and we see that year in year out how much this sport can change things for the positive and so again going back to keeping things safe that leads to the positive result of this sport continuing and having that influential 
part in our lives. And yeah, I'll, I'm watching just about every match that I can yeah. right now. I'll I'll take just about anything. So we're uh, we're back from we're back. We're back from our own intermission that we didn't tell you about. And um, let me just start things off with a little quick sound bite there. We're talking about our most desired transfer target in a hypothetical summer scenario where they're available in general and it's up to your club to get them. Lead us off, good kind sir. I think uh, you probably know who mine is already. And it's been thrown around quite a bit already. But uh, I want Jaden Sancho, man. Right wing is the spot we need. And honestly, like we're, put, we're playing a striker there in Mason Greenwood now who's doing fantastic, especially for being eight years old. Or 18 years old, I'm sorry. But uh, I mean, the dude's English. He played for City. I would love nothing better than that dude to come to this club. So um, It would also be a bit of a snub. To City. For sure. And I think uh, that's the part that I would probably enjoy the most, honestly. (laughs) In addition to his amazing talent. Yes, his goals and assists and all that good stuff. It's one of those things, and uh, it's a topic for another time, just about City and their youth. But uh, it's insane to me that you would let the guy leave for what you let him leave for. I mean, he's pretty much showing right now. He's one of the brightest young talents in Europe. And uh, again, for us, a position of need. And I think uh, it would help the club immensely. So, that's mine. Who you got? Oh, well, Spurs Other have... than Messi, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, he he's, he's going to come at the end of his career. He'll honor his Argentine forebears, Ricky Villa and Osir Diles. There you go. And uh, Mauricio Pochettino and Eric Lamella and... You know, Giovanni Oselzo, the list goes on of the Argentine contingent at Tottenham Hotspur. We have some needs, which I think is what I want us to do more than any one particular person. The elephant in the room is that we need a backup striker, um, legitimate backup striker to Kane to save his legs and also just to have... An alternative in terms of style, particularly. No idea as to the merit of the rumors, but been seeing uh, Arkadiusz Milik of Napoli floated around and would not mind that. No, he's a good striker, doesn't light up Europe, but would be a striker that would fit that mold and profile. Well, in, I don't know, the strike, strike is such a hard thing. Because even you look at Iguala right now at United, you know, and he scored five or six goals in five or six matches. And who would have ever thought, you know, he would be at a club like United. But, I mean, his talent just shows through. And uh, I don't think you always need to go out and just spend crazy amounts of money. And especially for you guys with it being a backup. But you're right. And uh, I just wonder... I can't think of any off the top of my head that aren't already at like rival clubs and stuff like that, like a young English striker that you guys could sign. But uh, I don't know. There's a lot of good, solid backup striker. Obviously, the yeah Janssen thing was 
what it was. The right idea, but it, it was still the wrong pull of the trigger in terms of they were still trying to find the left field option and be clever with, you know, kind of that mid-range level. I mean, it was still the 20 million pounds that they paid for him if it was uh, yeah, it was, a solid, it was uh, Alkmaar. Yeah, solid amount of cash. There's no doubt about it. And just sometimes it just doesn't, doesn't work out, you know? Trust me, over the years as a United fan, I've watched him spend a lot of money on a lot of players that didn't work out. So it's the way it goes sometimes. Obviously, the rope's a little tighter at uh, Tottenham, but a backup striker would be solid. Why we're on... Why we're on the Spurs, what, how, I know you're going to downplay it already, and that's fine, but what's up with Ndombele? Uh, yeah, I am going to downplay it, because I read an article uh, on The Athletic, it's a great publication, if you have the chance, please support quality sports journalism at The Athletic. I'll second that. It was either Jack Pitbrook or Charlie Eccleshare talking about the seeming misunderstanding between Mourinho and Dombele. Amazing talent. I think that, and I'll use, I use this term a lot in my day-to-day life, I think it's just a very unfortunate Venn diagram going on with it being not even his first full season being done at his new club, but the overall turmoil of the transition from the manager who brought him in to the new one, overlapping with injuries that come with a different style of play. And you also throw in the pandemic into the mix. Again, you throw in the other factor of just the individual human element. How does he respond to setbacks, what is his constitution when it comes to approaching these types of situations? And it can be a strange formula sometimes, but I feel as though were we to, circling back to desires in the transfer market, get a proper defensive mid, like uh, Dennis Sakaria from Dortmund, I believe, or Borussia Mönchengladbach. There you go. Okay. That would allow him license to be forward and not have to be as mindful about defensive responsibilities. Because unfortunately, that is not his forte and it's not in his strongest set of player profile characteristics. It's interesting that you said the things that you just said because it reminds me exactly of a previous situation with the same manager and a really, really good center midfielder that was played out of position and just out of tactic a little bit. I can't possibly imagine (laughs) who you might be talking about right now. It's just... and The only reason I ask the Intumble thing is Mourinho has this thing about him where he does it at every club he comes to where he'll freeze out a player or two within his first couple months of being there to try and prove... His, I'm not going to use the word arrogance. I'll, I'll use the word dominance. And basically, you know, the respect factor. But sometimes it's accepted. And I think early on in his career it was accepted. But nowadays it just, I don't think it works the way it once did. 
I don't know, man. I just... Uh... You're talking about Andre Herrera, correct? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Obviously, we were talking about Paul Pogba, but... The thing that bothers me is he's so stubborn that he'll continue to do it to prove his point. And that's what I'm afraid of happening to Ndombele. So that is that is a fair parallel to point out. I will also point out a key difference, which is going back to what I said about the individual human element. And by the way, you, you bringing up the point of Mourinho and Pogba, um, that, that's definitely... You know, something that people have noticed and a writer I follow on Twitter, Nathan A. Clark, he, he pointed out through another tweet about how Mourinho has this abrasive kind of pattern to his relationship with what he believes to be key players mm-hmm. and his way of using indirect confrontation to bring out the best in a player Obviously, it doesn't work because going back to the individual mix, Pogba was already an established star by the time he went to United, having had a very successful campaign with Juventus and also having his own background and narrative with United coming up through the academy mm-hmm. and leaving under Ferguson's tenure. Ferguson, okay. unfortunately, so, yes. Um, so I think that his kind of set of factors going into it would have been more unique as it was dependent on his relationship with the club to begin with having that big influence on it and then just Mourinho's let's face it has a big ego battling with his almost a counterpart of the modern age on the player side in terms of that you know kind of um, enigmatic talent that people can't seem to define and which Pogba definitely fits into that mold. Yeah. I Again, like the thing that bothers me most is he's so stubborn that he'll force his some of his best players, because obviously he's been successful, some of his best players out of position because that's the structure and the style that he wants to play. And I, I get it. I understand like you're a manager, you got to put your stamp on things. But when you have players like Paul Pogba or what we're all thinking Ndombele is going to become, you have to put them in situations where they can be successful. And I don't think he's the best at doing that anymore. I just don't. I just don't. And I, you know, we've had so many conversations aside from this tonight. I love, I love Mourinho. I think, I think he's a great human being. I think he's a great soccer manager. But you also just know what you're getting. And you know, and I know that two or three years from now, we won't be talking about Jose Mourinho as the coach of the Spurs. Like, we just won't. Remains to be seen. However, we are, we are, yeah. And I know that you you have more evidence based off of him having managed United as well. Uh, The thing that, you know, is, is different this time around is that Nombele has a different player profile that isn't as headstrong as Pogba. And maybe, as such, there won't be as much of an evident confrontation going on as what was made clear through the kind of the, the Pogba ordeal as well. Another thing is that Mourinho, in the past, who was his 
main right hand man. That uh, uh, Rui Faria. Yep, there you go. So, who was a constant in mm-hmm. all of those instances at his previous club? Yeah, for like 10, 15 years. Right, ago. right. Yeah. And so, I feel as though this time around, at least has the potential to be different because at least he has created a different formula in terms of his surrounding staff, in terms of bringing in Joao Sacramento, um, who he brought in uh, from Lille, and a couple other of Lille's staff, and could remain to be seen that Luis Campos winds up coming this summer as well, in more of a football director capacity for Spurs, which I think has been needed. I think their most previous one was Damien Camoli, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So, and it didn't work in in that instance, but Luis Campos has shown through his kind of resume of talents in terms of scouting Mbappe, Bernardo Silva. There was also, uh, I believe he also found Bakayoko, if I'm not mistaken. So in that famous 16-17, or was it the 17-18 Monaco side, with all those key players, so Anthony Marshall as well. Yep, Anthony Marshall, correct. Uh, who Luis Campos scouted as well, I there believe. You go. So, given the fact that it hasn't been a full season yet, it really is too much to really go into conjecture about because it feels though if he gets an actual true off season in a way, you know, kind of that rest area for in between seasons getting those pieces in, possibly Luis Campos coming in and then uh, getting a, a transfer target in the defensive mid, Dennis Sicaria. You know, a lot of people say that Thomas Partey is all but, you Oof. know, going to Arsenal. Oof. Who knows? Could be... That hurts. Could be, that would be a, a possible poach um, in terms of under the noses. I don't see it happening. I think he really wants that move. But that would be... Definitely one of the European signings of the summer, I think, in terms of um, this collection of talents and how it's needed at a lot of different clubs in Europe. I, uh, I've i always liked the guy, and uh, I would hate to see him go to a club like an Arsenal. I really would. <laughs> I, I really would. And I, I just... That's the exact type of player United's needed for years, and they just won't pull the trigger on because they always, they always want someone with like that offensive mentality and I don't know, sometimes you need that anchor right at the back of your midfield that just holds it down. And you you were spoiled so with Carrick for a while yep. in terms Who of having... from Spurs. Correct, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was that deep-lying kind of unselfish metronome in a way. Yeah. Cleans it up, dishes it out, gets it moving again. And Marino went and got his man in Modic and like... Yeah, I would have taken Modic five years previous to that, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, still to this day, I, I don't even want to know what his wage is. And I'm just like, Jesus, like, dude, like, all the best to you, but you're just not the same player. That's what it comes down to. So It's so father time. It happens to the best of them. It does. It does. Uh, it's funny because it's just completely different for every single person. And uh, that's a very interesting thing about sports in general. Is watching that decline and when it happens, and I mean, we joked about Messi earlier, but I mean, either one of us would take that dude on. Yeah. Our squads right now, and he's what thirty five, thirty three. 
yeah. He's 33. Yeah. He's actually, Ronald I forget if he's uh, a couple days older, a couple days younger than me. I forget if he was born the 18th or the 22nd of June. Yeah. Well, there you go. Even more. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're he and I are basically at the same stages in our lives in terms of you know personal success and all that type of stuff. So um, for sure, he and, I kind, of, he and I kind of um, bounce ideas off of each other and I, uh, brainstorm. All I can say is, have has Andrew Hover ever won a World Cup? No, no. Has Messi ever won a World Cup? Also, no, no. See, next time I talk I, to him, I'm gonna bring that up and be like, "Hey, man, what's the whole deal about uh, both of us not having won the World Cup?" Like, people are asking me, you know, how come I don't see you out there if like both of you don't have a World Cup? I don't know. I I'm just bringing up facts here, dude. That's it. Like, all I'm doing is trying to show that you and Messi are equals. And that's it. That is it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It's just facts. It's when you look at it in that specific way, it, it's it's hard to ignore. Dude, has Messi ever camped extensively in southwestern Minnesota, dude? He hasn't. He definitely hasn't been at the Boundary Waters either. Is there a possibility that you have? Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's right. I do have that on him. So what are you doing? Oh, oh, I'm going to live in my villa with my like huge, rare, expensive dog and you know <laughs> my, my pool and my <laughs> amazing sports cars. In, in an amazing city that overlooks the fucking sea, have 100,000 fans come out and fucking scream every single time you walk on the um, Actually, that's another way in which we're equals. Uh, both of us have zero fans watching us when we go to work. <laughs> Great point, dude. That's actually a really, really good point. Yeah. So I guess, you know, what I'm trying to get at is that we have so much more in common than we have different. I think that's the conclusion that we're coming to. Yeah, at least for for this go-around of the Porchman Dialogues. Dialogue, uh, meaning conversation, uh... That's that's pedantic. I'm sorry. I'll, I'm probably gonna cut that out. No, 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 no. We got you. Got to keep everything in. We're actually recording this to tape. We are. We're fully economically invested in this right now. Tapesmen. Uh, we thought about calling it that. The Tapesmen dialogues. Essentially the same name and same amount of letters. Actually, <laughs> now that I look at it, but um, you know. no, no, no. That's what the focus group said. So. That is what they said. Yeah, it's uh, we use the same focus group as what they used for Itchy and Scratchy that one time. Correct, and also uh, Pep Guardiola. Yeah, he uh, he he signed off on that too. So, anywho, uh, we're going to play with this a little bit. Uh, we'll see in what capacity uh, this gets released to you all but uh whenever you hear this i hope you all are on vinyl it's not coming out on vinyl we're gonna wait for the cult following to begin before we then initially really release a retrospective um of course pbs special that then advertises for the vinyl because that would give us the best um advertisement so that we could reach the most people 
So, so yeah. Again, focus groups said that. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. That's the one thing we learned today. Focus groups can that can really let you know we, we're going to add a character. Skateboarding dog? Yeah. His, he, we, uh, we're, we brought him back from his home planet who needed him. There you know, go. If, you got, if anyone out there likes that <laughs> reference. but It's a solid reference. Yeah. Whenever this reaches your ears, I hope you all are well. hope you're healthy, staying occupied, and having as much fun as you can given the circumstances because not much else you can do, and that's why we're doing this. Yay! Pandemic! Woo! Uh, going out on a high note there. Be God. well, everyone. Jeez. I know. Goodbye, everyone. We'll see you. Bye. Until next time. Goodbye.